Hello and welcome to DM's Travel Book Club, a guide to the planes, where each episode we explore a different plane of existence as outlined in the Great Wheel Cosmology in the role-playing game Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Hello, Fiona. Hello, You're Hamilton. Fiona. I'm Hamilton. I know. That's how we introduce people, right? That's how we introduce each other. And it's been a little while since we've actually done this, so please forgive yes. us. Um, yeah. But also, that was a great... that You cracked that opening, so it only took you to the end of the series to get it right. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I tried. Little things. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, it has been, hasn't it? How weird, really. Yeah. Like, how long it has been since we've done one. It's probably been... Uh, two months. It's been two. It's been two months for us in this time because yes, as you may tell if you're watching this, I have moved. I've changed places. Uh, yeah, it very, looks like it's the same stuff but slightly differently it's, arranged. Yeah, it's, it's different different ways. Rather than getting the full yeah. view of, of of the bed yeah. and everything else, then you just get a little partial view because I've got basically. Also, you're you're now a goblin supposedly. I'm a goblin. Yes, I'm wearing my <laughs> um, I'm wearing my adventure uh, questing time t-shirt, which is a a D and D London thing, which I've not been to in ages, but it's good fun. So I'm a goblin. I'm a goblin. So yeah, but how are you, Hamilton? How am I? I? I'm very good. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I've got like last time we talked, I was doing completely different things. So I find like what they're going to be like is how to talk about something, and then it's like I'm going to say what I'm doing now, and it's completely different. So. Mm. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good. I'm doing good. I'm, now we can say, and now we can finally say, whilst doing this, that Planescape has been confirmed. Yeah, by you were, were going to say you were going to say Spelljammer confirmed. We knew that, but yeah, but Planescape has been confirmed. Planescape has been confirmed. confirmed yeah. Coming out, but uh, when this goes out, probably about a year later. Yeah. Uh, but you, if you're listening to this now, you're way ahead of the game. You already know all about your planes. We, we, I mean, we're nearly all the way through all yeah. of them. Yeah. And if, if be you've just... been with, if you've been with us from the beginning, you already know that we were ahead of the game. But it's nice yeah. to be confirmed that we were ahead. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, exactly. Or at least it was a wizards confirmed that they will never do Planescape ever. <gasps> so, so if you've come to this though, uh, once Planescape has come out, I hope you're enjoying it. Yeah. I hope it's great. And let, I let hope us this know. It's been a helpful and useful <laughs> tool for all of you uh, for, for your planes, planes, planar adventures. Yeah. But yeah, we had a UA, didn't we? Monsters of the Multiverse. No, mm. not Monsters. Uh, Something of the multiverse, wasn't it? It was wonders of the multiverse. Wonders of the yeah. multiverse. There yes. are plane walkers in there, and there are. What's lovely that I really like from it is the and our podcast of this actually came out today of recording. If you want to date this, yep. <laughs> uh, you can go back on our sister show, original show, the DMs Book Club, which when we did about that UA, and it had what I really liked is the feats that you can now get that mm. relate to the planes yep. and they have not done a plane of conflict interestingly we have they? talked about that yes yeah, yeah they haven't they do have a neutral thing but they they talk about chaos and law much stronger but mm. I think what we've learned from from doing this is actually the conflict planes are some of the funnest in their own way I, I've been enjoying them yeah. uh, Gehenna spoiling the intro what? but it'll what? be on there it'll be up right there so yeah <laughs> that we're doing today is is has been one of my favorites for a long time i've been very eager to get to this one that's very exciting so yes yeah, so far we have done uh beastlands we've done yeah. Sari, we've done bytopia and now we've arrived at gehenna the mm. um well it's quite it's quite fiery this place would you say <laughs> yeah. like it's it's um... i'd say this is the the hell that people envision is yes. more what gehenna is like agreed people think the nine hell is going to be like hell but actually that has one layer that is very hell fiery mm -hmm. uh, but actually that is more 
how awful can a world be like yeah. in different ways mm-hmm. from Stygia being like super cold ice place where everyone's got like if they were had no they were mean to their friends they were mm. the people that lived there wasn't that right something like, like people that. who yeah who like um were like traitors mm. and sort of like uh, sold their friends out uh, but Gehenna is is just is more pure in its evilness it's mm-hmm. not truly neutral. It's like neutral, neutral evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. It, it's sorry, neutral, chaotic ne- evil. It's not neutral. It's not pure evil like mm. um, Grey Waste are. Mm-hmm. And um, whilst Kasseri is the neutral, lawful yeah. evil, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a little bit more chaos that here, but it is just mountains and fire. And I remember reading the little snippet in the fifth edition book, because mm. uh, I never I never transported myself there when I played Planescape when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really come up in the Planescape game that I played, because mm-hmm. uh, that goes to Battle and Great Waste. I think I can't remember too long mm. So but what I read in that little snippet was like, everything is like at 45 degrees. Yes. <laughs> there is not yeah. a flat plane in mm. the whole layer. And I just think like, that's cool. What a great idea. Mm-hmm. And like, if you fall, you fall forever. Forever. Uh, yeah. forever. Until you, uh, you fall down, keep taking damage until you either die or something stops you, mm. like physically stops you, like you hit something very hard or a big animal, <laughs> or you fly off into the infinite the void. void. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, where no one has returned from. And uh, yeah. Which is kind of fun. I think I would love, like, if I was going to do this and we'll get to uh, Nimicry, I think I've got a fun idea that if someone did fall off, that I would bring that into it. But we'll come to that later. There's, yes. there's a little spoiler. A little later. spoiler coming up. So, yes, yeah, so this... this idea, what do you think of it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it was an interesting one, because, yeah, I, too, have only known it from the Dungeon Master's Guide, and yet I've read mm. the same thing, that everything's at least 45-degree angle, which is interesting, because in the old... 2E mm. ones, it, it varied quite significantly from 5 yeah. degrees to 8 degrees which yeah. again for me is like bonkers, this idea that there's just no flat thing at all and even if you as a traveller there uh, mined out like a small ledge for yourself to sleep on, eventually the plane because it hates flat surfaces would break yeah. it off and you would fall anyway so I love that, that the plane is, all these planes are working against you to an extent or in line with their um, uh, their natures and stuff so I just thought that was a really cool thing. But yeah, this idea that these four furnaces, these four layers or volcanic places but also with earthbergs that also the produce lava. four mounts, isn't it? The four mm. mounts, uh, fiery slopes of Gehenna, yeah. Yeah and again it was one of those to me, to me again we were saying quickly off podcast that like for me i really i've been really struggling with the term layers because i think before because we were like oh you just see it you know at layers of a plane that this feels like very much like a, a cake in some way so instantly i'm like oh yeah so they're all uh horizontal but it's not the case and we know this is not the case we've we had that previously with carceri and stuff like that so here you have four basically huge ass uh volcanoes and also that the fact that this plane itself gehenna is possibly the smallest geographically even though it is also infinite and that that to me is i'm just trying to process that and you actually sent me a really good image of yeah. the of the different uh volcanic uh places and that, that just helped me so much just to be the able to Lazaretti play the maps for are literally just godsends and i'm i really would love to ha- spend some time just talking to how he kind of visualized mm-hmm. them like to see his process because it's something that you, you've literally picked up on as well you know it is these are super esoteric 
beyond Dali like ideas of art and um, he's able to sort of take those and create these images it's, it's kind of incredible and I think they I think I'd love to know how he how he went about <laughs> uh, doing that but um yeah and uh, that will hopefully show that image right now it's just the, the map that comes with the book so if you get the planes of conflict who he set you get these maps in there and stuff so it's really yeah rough. really yeah. gorgeous but yeah essentially this place is just a lot of lava and mm. it has some really great descriptions of it of like a like a, a, a pulsing like wound essentially that's how much mm. lava there is in the deep fissures bellow forth steam perpetually releasing and ever building pressures within inside the mountains that sort of yeah. I, this idea that there is constant motion here and it's just mm. awful yeah, it's, it's constantly sweaty. rum it says that the earth is even when you're moving on the earth it is always rumbling and and as if you can feel the um, the the sort of the um, motions of the of the the actual mm. whole plane wherever you are apart from on certain on one particular layer which we'll get to but mm -hmm. the and and it and it does change it does change a bit because there isn't there is a cold dark layer but yeah. it, everything is just evil <laughs> at, at its core and uh so yeah it, it's um it, it the, the, I know the point you made earlier about it being infinite, uh, yet the smallest of the planes is so mm. interesting. It is an interesting concept, but I see it more as like they are all infinite in mm. the sense of it depends on how you traverse them, doesn't it, mm -hmm. really? Whilst mm -hmm. this really has like the smallest in terms of like areas that you would go to that mm -hmm. are of, I feel like it's uh, like dreams, all these planes, that it's the dreams feel like forever but mm. really there are just those moments in between the dream that are are symbolic mm. and are important and so really a dream could feel like forever but really last a minute but actually if there's more like big moments in a dream it feels mm. like a longer dream or something like that i guess is kind of the point is that sort mm -hmm. of experience uh over actual physicality i don't know mm. really a better term for it but yeah so that's kind of what's kind of fun about it but even though it is small and it doesn't have as many things as maybe some other worlds, thank god <laughs> yeah one great two nearly every time it does bring something to the table it's very interesting agreed and, yeah I, and, even even if yeah. you don't use it in it's like a natural form because i will say as with all planescape books there are there is some dated language in it there is some dated concepts mm. in it but mm. certain bits of like places of note in the towns i've gone Oh, it's basically a concept of like, what if this was a real thing and how would people yeah. react to it? And I was like, that's such a cool, like instantly I'm like, that's an adventure hook that I could take somewhere yeah. else. So I think certainly for this one, there's like several little towns or several different realms within yeah. Gehenna where I'm like, whilst I don't appreciate the language, because obviously we've moved on since then, I was like, oh, yes. I love this concept here and there. So, but the other thing to note, and this is the big thing I think for people, like if you, again, getting into your lore a bit, this is technically, although again, the fifth edition, changes it a little bit, uh, one of the big places where Yugoloths are, which is a great big force in the Blood War. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, I didn't, I will admit, like I, they feature a little bit in my current home game, but I didn't realize that there is a whole, almost like, um, like a Modron's S type, like there is ranks and how to get promoted and stuff like that. Yeah. I was not aware of that at all. And I will say it is grim reading. Uh, yeah. And, oh, this is oh, horror stuff. Too. Yeah. This is like body horror. These like Gehenna is, is worse of the worst. And actually yeah. surprisingly, battle comes off better. Yeah, it feels this. like we should be watching going to battle instead of uh, Gehenna, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. And I think, yeah, Yugoloths are a very interesting concept. And I think it's a very, like, 
to briefly talk. Well, maybe we should we should go into our processes and then we'll come yes, to them. Yes, absolutely. Headlines and we'll get to them. But there are some the interesting good. ways, and I really like the sort of the different and more intelligent, like the sort of intelligence focus of growth yes. of them, which is kind of interesting. And so mm-hmm. we'll come to that. Mm-hmm. So, Swifa, so we've sort of started talking about it, but we should talk about geography. That's what we normally start with, isn't it? Geography. <laughs> yes. So, as we said, main geographical condition, everything is on a slope. They and are four. Everything's huge, on fire. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, uh, huge <laughs> volcanic um, structures. Uh, the four of them are then, so these are the the four furnaces as they yes, the four layers the, yeah the four four furnaces the first layer is Kalas the first mount and as I said it could be said to be one of the gentlest, gentlest. layers of Gehenna <laughs> um, of course this isn't saying much because the rest of the plane is already ready to destroy someone at a turn yep. however and so it's like uh, there's no greenery uh, it's very rugged mountains savage beauty it says like there are some rivers but most rivers turn to mm. if they turn to a waterfall they become steam before they hit yeah. the ground because it's so hot there is no light from the sky. The sky is an infinite dark star, like starless void. Mm. But uh, apart from, there's a few creatures that do fly around in there. But the light of the planes all comes from the Earths themselves, yeah. from the lava and the, and cool. the sort of magma that is burning hot. And the, the floor and the ground in it of itself, not magmified, is mm. 2d6. Uh, Burning, uh, yeah. It? One D two points of damage just to explode flesh, flesh yeah. and then it's sixty six if you get yourself in some lava. Yeah. Um, so yeah. even if you just walk, if you just take your shoes off for a little, oh my feet are oh, resting really you put them on the floor, yeah. you burn yourself. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, that, but that that thing about the light as well, I think that's such a cool thing yeah. to describe as a DM idea that the light is ever present, but it just changes, yeah. and it's sometimes very bright, exactly. sometimes very dark. It's just as what a cool image that there is just no real natural light source. Feel I should be doing this the yeah, whole Yeah, with your time. phone underneath your... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's kind of like how it's meant to light you is everything comes from, from above, ben- below. Yeah, it talks about shadows being... Horror. Yeah, it talks about shadows jumping up rather than mm. being on the plane itself, which is just like... Yeah. Oh, that's, how yeah, weird is that? Really yeah, cool. it's kind of... I love that. It's such a cool idea, mm. this sort of glowing orb of light that you sort of walk on. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and the and it does have the river sticks as all the lower planes do, yes. and it, it winds through. That's one of the ones that's unaffected by this um, this pooling of uh, uh, this uh, this sort of steam. It doesn't like get steamed up or anything like it. That it just runs as it does. But it's a magical river. But, but also with, with river sticks, it's at its most potent here. So we've talked about it before that if you drink from it, if you fall into it, you will lose your memories and you, there's a big save for it and all that mm. sort of thing. So the fact that here, like, like it, there's a big section in uh, there's a later on in this particular chapter which talks about it's don't drink any water it's very dangerous because you don't know where it's from and it's tainted most of it will be poisonous any water it's like it's got sulfites and sulfurs in it from like all these Mm -hmm. and heavy metals from Mm -hmm. from just the the core of the earth what and then and so then that's the the first mount the the lovely cool chilled out gentlest mountain gentlest Mm -hmm. mountain Mm -hmm. you then move down into the second mount now the way to get to (laughs) the other layers is it's really easy you have to just go inside one of the mountains pop into a bubble of magnema and hope that in one in six chance, it's it's not one that, uh, that, that burns you alive, yeah. but uh, sends you to the next layer. Or there are huge caverns that you're allowed to, you can drop down into, and people 
as it says in here, handily will leave you signs to tell you. However, some of those signs send you into the infinite abyss where you will fall forever. <laughs> so, but the signs that will that are for the actual ones are there as well. So you can either take a leap of faith or you can jump into a bubble of magma uh, mm. inside magma and hope that you reach the second layer. Yeah. So this second layer, once you've 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 you've, you've taken made it. that journey, Good job. you've made yeah. it. Oh, happy days. happy days. You're in the most brutal and unforgiving layer, yeah, which is Chamada, Chamada. Uh, the second mount. Mm. Chamada. Chamada. Um, this is just pure magma. There is uh, fire ground causes 1d6 points of damage per round just to explode the rest, so it's already hotter. Uh, there is literally thousands of miles wide flow of, of river, uh, of lava rivers. Mm. Um, you basically, you every that every so often the ground will just erupt with lava so yeah. it's just unless you're like a a gin <laughs> or a fire ganassi you probably don't really want to be yeah. here <laughs> but um, yeah it's described here as like brutal unforgiving the cruelest and this idea of mm. oozing magma like a wound dripping postulance and i was like oh yeah. yes yeah, and anything not treated to resist heat must save versus magical fire to keep from bursting into flame mm -hmm. at any time yeah. so yeah uh not great and this idea but, of like oh. a, this idea as well of, a, of like a stinking mm. sulfuric and that that smelling yeah. of burnt flesh like almost like a permanent yeah. stinking cloud as well so you've oh got yeah the war. but that, but again it's like, for me again what a cool place to go visit but again mm. having to think about like okay what adventure hooks can i put here why would my players want to come well, here? You know what I mean. Things so. that are here, so mm. like places of note. So we didn't do places of note on the other one. I was gonna, I was gonna run back, but maybe we can do that. No, no, it's fine. We, let's do that. But there are some, there are some places on this layer. I think one thing to say though, you might think, oh, maybe I'll escape to the infinite void around here because there looks like there's a nice moon in the sky. Why is there a moon in the sky, Fiona? <laughs> this looks like a. It's, oh, it's nice and cool in this void. Ah, oh, relaxation. Oh, everyone. This place looks fun. Nimicry. Yeah. You know, everything is one with itself and everything else is individuality, is an illusion. Nothing else matters except the ravenous hunger of the crowds. Yes, unfortunately. Why are they hungry? Why are the crowds hungry? Unfortunately, unfortunately Hamilton, that is no moon. That is a massive mimic in the sky. Like, everything's a mimic. That's no moon. It's a massive mimic in uh, it is, yeah, I think reading that particular chapter, because it leads you into it, it does, it's very yeah. much subtle, like, oh, it's a really beautiful place. But the, the secret is, it's just a massive mimic. And we've there's been talk in 5th mm. edition about these mimic colonies and stuff like that. But And obviously there's oblexes, which is like, I think a one-up on the mm. particular mimic here. This is the fact that this whole place is mm. just hungry and it draws people in. And I loved how it has a little thing where visitors come in and they'll befall some little accidents, so a little bit of blood or something gets cut and then another duplicate of them comes up. And then they, you yeah. know, if they cause any trouble, all the militia comes and corners them into a corner and yeah. then the corner turns into teeth and eats them. And it's just like, yes. oh. Yeah, exactly. Everything you might just be it. standing, there's a picture in there, isn't there? There's someone mm. like, ah, oh, something's on my shoe. And then mm. behind it's just this door turning into like, yeah, teeth. With massive teeth about to eat it. And uh, it reminds me very much of Aeor in mm. Critical Role Campaign 2 at the end. I don't know if you got to the end of Campaign I 2. I did, and yes. When, and the, um, the land that they go to, which is run by Molly's character, the Nonagon. Yeah. And they're all singularly connected, and it's this sort of memory of a city, and these people all are speaking as one. Mm. It just reminded me very much of that. So, I, But that's probably because... Uh, 
Matt Mercer is a person with refined and uh, good taste that he would have read all the Planescape, Planescape books, Yeah, clearly. I think so. Sorry. One thing to note, though, about Mimicry before we move on, what I really loved about it is that there is a purpose to go there. Even if you're like, this is mm-hmm. an awful place, it does produce excellent goods because when uh, a Mimic sort of takes a template of somebody to add to their collection of people, it retains memories of their former abilities. It's this idea that you can produce goods uh, quite mm-hmm. easily. And just that yeah. idea that, like, again, you a story where you go, oh, we need to go find this person and this person thinks they're real but they're not they're yeah. just part of the the conglomerate of this uh, mimicry so yeah what I, but that's the thing it, it was, says at the end uh, of it it hopes eventually to become part of a regular trading route at which point it will have its pick of victims mm. <laughs> sort of thing it's, so it's like yeah using capitalism but to ha- feed itself but how interesting this, that this is just a sort of again for this particular chapter it's sort of like hidden away almost I feel like because I was like oh mm. it's draw me in and then I'm like oh yeah. It's a it's a complete sham. It's a single yeah. living being. Like, and I was like, I didn't see that coming. And I love I love no. it when I get tricked no, like that. It was really so good. It I quite was, like that I one. really did enjoy it. I also like it. Also liked it a little bit more because the chant is, "Someone saw a dragon here." Mm. Oh, and you, I always oh, like uh, a, a, a dragon. <laughs> uh, but now um, you're thinking of a, like a mimic dragon, which is going to be like one of those um, uh, Resident Evil dogs, where it just splits down the middle and it's just teeth. Ah! Oh my gosh! Oh, what if like? Yeah, isn't there a isn't there a mimic that's a dragon's horde mimic? I think yes, yes. There um, was one in the in the fistbands. Yes, yes. That looks like a horde, like a dragon horde, but actually it's is a, a mimic. mimic. Yeah, yeah. No, that's Everything's cool. a mimic. Yes, absolutely. everything is a mimic. Uh, we're mimics. <laughs> this show is a mimic. <laughs> 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 um, um, let's mention so, let's, let's mention the other place of note on that plane though. Yeah, the, let's the, do that. The, t- the Tower of Arkanoloths, um, mm. which I know we'll go into Yugoloths in a bit more detail anyway, mm. but Arkanoloths are the most interesting, I find. So this essentially yeah. is like the largest gathering of them. And this idea that, um, first of all, they've built this place, this tower, and something that I was like, oh, Hamilton, tick, tick, was that it echoes uh, evocative architectural styles from Sigil. Uh, so this idea that it looks yeah. like it's in, it lists, it's like it's maybe a bit of out of place in Gehenna, but actually, you know, it is mimicking some things like that. Mm. Uh, it's a record vault for Yugoloths in general, so their history and whatnot. So if you go there, it's going to be very, very well protected, but also you can find out a lot about them. But Here's the here's the little thing again. It was sort of hidden away at the end. It's like inside you have bodies mm. of flayed petitioners dangling from chains. You're like, no, oh, that doesn't sound good. But this idea no. that Yugoloths are so big on contracts that is that is their main deal. They love making contracts. So the idea that you could have a contract inscribed on living skin of a petitioner in a cage, which again maybe, but yeah, maybe session zero on this. But this idea that that petitioner doesn't know anything else other than what's been written on them. They've lost their memories of that, so they only know what the contract contains. Reminding people at home, this is an evil, evil plane, yeah. and it's yeah. it's a terrible and like it's it's a really fine line to be treading they, mm-hmm. in this. So it's um, it's uh, yes, yeah. But the arcana laws, as you said, though they go across, uh, they they reach out into the planes to find to find information and like store away mm. secrets. They have the book of knowing isn't it the book of knowing yes they have because that's about their names isn't it yeah so they know all the names they write down the names of the tenari so Mm. the true names of like demons so they they can sort of they can use them ever control them they can use that Uh, and so they're very like they're they're all very much about like understanding and Mm. knowledge based Uh, Mm. and that that leads into the sort of whole yugoloth sort of structure as well Mm. um so yeah uh the 
So the uh, we should probably well maybe we should tr tr chime back then to the the key places on the first layer. Then yes. there is the the abominations layer, which is a cool, cool, cool character. Which is it's the abomination, which is also known as the blowfish. blowfish. Yeah, <laughs> when they're like the name might be a lot less fiercer than it actually is, which is that it's it looks like a a, a charred uh, person. So you mm. might think your character. I just thought like you see this person and you I could imagine how I. Play them is they go help help you know and like your characters all rush up to help them and then when they get near they erase ahead their whole body zing, spikes come out yeah. and they can draw blood and <laughs> basically uh steal your life essence because yeah. uh, they are uh they are basically the their blood runs the in in its blood runs the power of a crushed god of evil yeah and it absorbs the strength of other creatures so i think that's i think it's, it was interesting yeah i think it's an interesting concept this idea that yeah it's like this there's almost like horrible spindly flesh as a player i did think that line could have done some copy editing because i had to be like so wait is it does it has it taken the blood of a crushed god or is it just yeah. like yeah you know, just a no. little i know that's just the the inner editor and no, i'm with you i did i had to read it yeah you had to read it yeah, exactly quite what it was getting but it used to be a part of a dead god of evil yeah um but yeah just this idea yeah because it feels like and again that name of abomination which if you've watched she hulk recently that's also one of the characters in there um <laughs> spoiler oh, slightly it? yeah yeah spoiler slightly um but yeah i just I like the idea of it and this idea that it has this lair and the, again, cloud kill spell from the water as well, which mm. makes it stronger. I think there's a very cool level. Mm. I I would make it so that if, you know, you fight this creature, it blows itself up like a blowfish uh, yeah. to be like three or four times its size just to really That'd screw cool. people. Yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. Yeah, what? that's really good. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like, does it like kind of like it's made up of lots of different bubbles? So it's sort of like mm, bubbles and oh. bits. It's like... <laughs> like this sort of thing. Uh, I started watching Demon Slayer recently and there's some... <gasps> mm -hmm. Have you seen that? Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Whoa. And like that big hulking thing which talks by with other people's hands yeah. like this. It's kind oh. of weird. Uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> it's not good. Anyway, horror, uh, the, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> People. See, see our wait, uh, warning, content warning content here. Warning here. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning, there will have to be some content warnings on we'll, these we'll shows. We'll do them, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the teardrop palace is the other place on this first layer, mm. which is um, which it brings back into the uh, the Chinese uh, pantheon that they had in the in the um, old Tui with uh, Sun Chang, which Sun is the Chang. god of thieves and trickery. Yes. Yeah, three-faced uh, god with eight arms, mm. uh, with a long reach, making sure that you know nothing is ever, you know, anything can be stolen and anyone can be a victim. Which I thought that was such mm. a cool little catchphrase from that. Yeah, there is a beautiful map uh, in yes. there, which I sent to you as well, isn't there? Mm. Of the um, of the teardrop palace, and it's a very cool. It's got all these like spiraling, and it's very nautilus. It does even mention nautiloids yep. in the thing. So there's, I don't know if there's a connection there. I couldn't find mm. one. I did a bit of searching, but mm. um, has these sort of conch cell centers because it's it's all about the infinite with mm. with them and the opposite of the infinite and how they make their palace infinite by stealing land from gods. Yeah. And then <laughs> what? Like, and then when the gods yeah. come, he imp yeah. they imprison them because they're like, he oh. Them. That's how you get yeah, your powers. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So kind of a really, it's a lot of interesting sort of um, sort of lore in that, and mm -hmm. uh, kind of like uh, you know, it has it has a judgment point which seems to be a consistent sort of thing mm -hmm. uh, in in Gehenna. There's a sort of judging element mm -hmm. to it, and so uh, maybe there could be some sort of relationship to that to an adventure, which could be kind of fun. Maybe. 
Yeah. There, there's also like a throwaway line about like once you get to the um, to the teardrop palace, like two things is that like the size and reality around you warps slightly, so you are made to feel smaller. Like yeah, perception it feels changes because like, yeah. so that you know that you 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 are small in this god's presence, but also it yeah. means you have to at first you talk and sort of bargain with or or sort of appease an avatar of this god which is a monstrous jellyfish and I just thought like this idea of something hovering in the air like any I think we've we've talked mm. about this with Spelljammer very recently I think they've expanded from like sea creatures in space to insects and stuff, but there's just something monstrous about having a sea creature float in air when there's no water you know well, like, yeah. well, I mean it's like I went to the National Hist- Natural History Museum recently mm. and we were looking at Dippy which is the Diplodocus yes. that's in and, uh, and you just look at it and you go, it's just the same as us. Like, this is billions of years old, but it's got a hip bone connected to the knee bone, connected to the, you know, I mean, it's got rib cage, it's got a neck, has a gullet, like millions of years, and that's pretty much the same as us. And then you go see a squid and you're like, whoa, this is cool. This yeah. is different. You know, this cool. is the shit. Like, yeah. actually, dinosaurs, that's just a big cow. You know, like they say in, in Jurassic Park. But like the giant squid fuck that's huge and what is going on there there's no there's no skeleton is different it's completely different you know like i don't know it's just kind of kind of crazy whenever you see like a a, an octopus going through a very small hole like on a ship that's when i go oh i don't know that doesn't look natural (laughs) which it's it's not it is natural but it feels like oh nope well, it's just that Same is time. the very much like moves and like crabs as well. That's yes. so cool. Have you seen that? Have you seen Love, Death, and Robots? I have seen. Oh yeah, the the crab on the on the ship. Yeah. That off. Oh, yeah. Go watch that. Like, we don't have time. We we don't no. have time to review that show. Watch but it's, it. it's such a great show. Anyway, but yeah, I think that's. Again, I feel like some of the language around the Teardrop Palace is a little bit yep. dated and stuff. Definitely. But I love this idea of this this idea of thievery and that stealing realms from other people and, and like this idea yeah. that you again it can make sense that you go on a mission for the for Sun Chang or or like you have to steal something from this like a big heist mm. uh, yeah. and you've got to get around all these sort of magical conditions or because they will know you know if you appear in their realm they'll know so that you'll be shrunk and small so maybe you need to bring extra stuff so yeah, yeah. I think you can have a lot of fun with that so Exactly. No, I think that I think that's I think all of the every single place now, as I said, has got something really interesting about it. Mm-hmm. And I think even if you wanted to remove the sort of like um, the sort of the the sort of relationships it has, you could still just have a god of evil trickery yeah. and thievery and just leave it agreed that because there is the issue of oriental exoticism that has happened in, yeah. in D&D in the past and so if you wanted to work that in I still think the sort of ideas behind the palace like Agreed. the way that it functions could be could be worked in absolutely agree yeah no, um, that makes sense the third then so then ah. once you've, so you've gone through the second you thought okay now I'm going to try another bubble of oh, magnet we need to go Let's somewhere go colder yeah <laughs> yeah this looks cooler uh, yeah well the fires have nearly died out in mm. Mungoth the third Mungoth what a great uh, yeah. and the illumination is barely there it's barely any light it's just ash and snow hardened mm-hmm. to that sort of like you know I'm just imagining this sort of black uh, ba- uh, basalt basalt yeah um, uh, yes it's a B yes I think yeah uh, yes. rock um, it still has this sort of reddish glow uh isn't the lava isn't the problem it's a burning rock mixed with the snow can just falls from the sky or or the ash that could 
and the snow burns like it's like because it's like acidic i yes. imagine because it's like it's all mixed up snow. together yeah it's it mm. sounds you know what it sounds dreadful uh i'm yeah. good thank you <laughs> mudslides as well so you mm. might have a mudslide that comes down cave-ins it talks about as well and you're like oh my yeah. god oh what? yeah the cave-ins as well yeah the cave-ins are quite common so it's i just imagine it like the mm. sort of dormant space and then it's like oh but all the other crap that goes with volcanoes so the the ash that burns your skin and mm -hmm. you can't breathe in it's the mudslides and the rain and the sort of like horror of that and then acidic snow <laughs> like mm -hmm. what it's not great fun uh and then the and then cavens uh but the people don't then a lot of it says in a lot of these as well people do live in sometimes try and live inside yeah. these buildings so like mm -hmm. in um the first layer there are a few denizens that still reside underneath the earth because it's 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 still doable even mm -hmm. though there are chances you'll hit some lava second layer not possible at all unless you can live in lava because it's pretty much all lava underground the third layer however there are places that are that are underneath the earth and that you could try and traverse but they might cave in on you anytime mm -hmm. so You've got to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the fourth layer, there's a, pretty much everyone that's underground, so it's the only place to live. But yeah. because of that, it's not fun because <laughs> yeah. everyone's there. Everyone's there. Um, yeah. But the, the the place of note on Mongoth are Ontland. Now, that's it. yeah, Ontland. Mm. Leviathan is yeah. an interesting character. <laughs> yeah. She's uh, yeah, I believe a, a, a female presenting goddess. Interesting enough, again, little side tangent. Mm. She's featured in the Uncaged Goddesses um, one-shot book. Right. So, as uh, basically that particular one-shot, just for context for this podcast, it takes uh, level uh, tier four characters and they they're pitted against, or they do a, a one-shot based around a goddess of neutral or evil. Uh, origin including uh this one and that is a it's um yeah you have to have a session zero about that particular goddess uh because it's very yeah, well, much it's the goddess of pain. pain yeah and it is a lot about the endurance of pain there's very much relations to sort of self-pain sort yeah. of creation as well so you've mm -hmm. got to really but it's an interesting character i i looked into them yeah. a bit for uh, a relational thing that i was doing for shattered realm mm. because i was looking i was trying to find really cool um evil artifacts to find in the abyss mm -hmm. as well as like other places and so like i was looking for evil artifacts and they came up as one of the mm. users of the there's the three there's uh there's like there's the book of uh vile deeds or whatever it is and there's the book of exalted deeds or whatever yeah mm -hmm. uh and there's, there's also like three magical artifacts of like ultimate good and ultimate evil and one mm. of them is related to the the sort of whip this like nine-headed whip <gasps> of a fighter mm -mm -mm. yeah which is one of those sort of like uh makes up a whole armory of like ultimate evil i think from the old the old books that's all i just remembered finding so that's why i came across them but yeah mm. not a fun place to be i think but uh, the, the um yeah. the little description though of ontland when it says pain mm. is everything sharpens the sense and prepares one for the worst the world has to offer so it's not necessarily about getting pleasure out of it which is what i assume straight away because i just have that relationship with pain in, in mm. that sort of sense but i was like oh this idea that you're putting yourself through mm. pain because it, you that's the way to prepare yourself and, yeah. and then as a result you have like this whole sort of ritual in this particular town about like yes moving people through it uh and try, you know making them like 
again a horrible ritual which again yeah. session zero is definitely needed but this idea that, that you get prepared for and you've got flayed skin because of the snow and i just yeah, it was so different snow, and you go oh. and stand in the in the wind sweeping acidic snow it's like a it, yeah it, it feels like something that out of fargo i feel in a weird way mm. like it would just it, people just go out and like what are they doing it's like oh, don't interrupt don't don't interfere you know that sort of oh yeah really yeah. cool it's yeah it's a it's a very and that wind picks up whenever you're whenever you're there at random times so that's like a, something that you can put upon your players if you so wish to you know have a special condition for them to deal with mm-hmm. um yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, interesting, interesting play. <laughs> uh, the next one is Portent on this level. Yeah, uh, Deception Betrayal come easily to everyone here. Anyone who doesn't play the game becomes a part of it. It's a price to having a spirit, and it usually comes in the form of a cage, which is quite mm. scary. Very scary. <laughs> and not good. Again, it's like, it's it's no one openly rules the stone. All manner of cutters want it, but none of them can get enough control of the city to declare themselves the true ruler. Mm. So it's like, a, a what? yeah, and the picture of the wizened old woman who lives there. And it's very interesting because uh. divination doesn't, it works on this plane, mm. but works with, with dire consequences. You have to, like, in, in order for divination to work, you have to use, like, the body or the sort of see it in the guts of an animal or something like that it's all very dark and so the fact that then this place named portent a very famous divination sort yeah. of spell ability and, the, and, um, that, and that npc you just mentioned there is called mm-hmm. laughing jane which yeah. i instantly am like nope stop this run away because yes because this person has like she has three s- mouths on her head <laughs> three mouths on her head snakes coming out of the eye socket which feels very mortal in the way this idea there's one yeah. snake says one thing one snake says the other thing and you're just like yeah Ooh, no this is the don't do it but there's a great um description of like the maze of streets it has like a tracery of veins mm. which i think we've had before on one of the previous planes like this idea that the they uh the mm. streets are like almost like vein like going up to but i can't remember which yeah. plane it was unfortunately but I just there's some really good little descriptions of stuff in this we've, i've said this before that some of the reading in these particular ones the planes of conflict have been much better for me much easier much more engaging than previous ones and i don't know whether that's just me getting into the planescape now or if it's just a different writer or a different style uh, because of the nature of the planes i just yeah just something really interesting about it the one thing i just want to mention sorry about portent um again it, it's interesting because they were like militia no militia here but fights are almost almost the verbal kind because it has this yeah. idea of like if you're angry and you're about to fight, it makes the body, this whole place makes the body think the conflict like out in your head. You have a yeah. minute to do so. And then if you don't, uh, if you're still angry at the end of it, you start to do damage to yourself. Yeah. Ooh, that, that is like proper control. That's proper manipulation. It's that you yeah. have to think and reason it out. And like, I can imagine that, that fight starting and then you're just there going, we need to come to a compromise or something because I'm going to start punching myself in the face. Uh, and it's, yeah. Oh, I just thought that was, again, what a cool little tidbit that you could pop that into any village. Like, it feels very much like the prisoner-esque type of way. Like, you know, people are yeah. very lovely and stuff like that. But then if you have an argument, it's just like nothing happening. Yeah. And then you're just punching yourself in the, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, about oh. rationalizing conflict. It's such an it's interesting sort of thing. And like, you know, Buddhist thought on how anger mm. is the sort of root of all, like, is the first, like, sense that you've got to destroy. You know, they've got to, like, overcome because anger is just, like, the worst of the worst and stuff. Mm. It's kind of interesting how this comes across here, but then it relates a little bit more to the sort of the ideologies of the Yugoloth in this mm. sense of, like, actually, it's about 
they have this sort of going under, going over sort of thing. That sort of like, you know, you've got to see beyond the obvious and the sort mm. of like strength-based attack. And it's not, this place is weirdly not about that. It's much more, trying to be much more intelligent than mm. the sort of like, the sort of like dumb um, anger of the abyss where everything mm. is just very much just like chaotic evil yeah. and the overly like complicated and obvious thought of maybe battle which is like very much like contractual and it's organized and ordered this is very much like how can you be so manipulative mm -hmm. and work the situation to your advantage mm -hmm. irrespective of any contract because a contract with a Yugoloth actually as much as anything um, is not as binding as it is with a with a with a, devil. a devil yeah and it's really about how you can work anything to your advantage and so this sort of it's kind of interesting i don't know it's just a it's a very like yeah. when we talked about when they were saying introducing planescape is coming back and i was reading something about someone saying will this bring i think it might have been dicebreaker i think said Will this bring philosophy back to D and D? And it's just—I think it's just very—it's a really good point on like what the planes do and sigil does with the factions as we talked about. It just brings these very, very thought-provoking philosophies and ideologies, which are good and bad, that are interesting to sort of I, like. I remember that article with. now. Yeah, I remember yeah. that article about the, the sort of moral alignments and stuff, and mm. like whether that's going to be a, a motivation. Yeah, I think that is. Yeah, quite will it give? Well. Oh yeah, was it? Will it give alignment a re, like actual reason? Reason and now. Like, yeah, and in in Planescape there was a uh, thing that you could use, which was called oh, it wasn't called blessing. It was called belief. Mm. And you could use as an optional rule, which is your character would you would try and state as your character a belief they have based on some of the philosophies that you see in the mm. factions, or so their belief on that. And then as they go through the game, like define beliefs that they make and that they state. Mm. And then you can gain points to your character the more that they stick to this belief. Or if you change your belief, then you can gain different points and then stuff like that. But it was really interesting, like that that was at the heart of your character creation is a thing that you could use as an optional rule yeah. about beliefs in like not belief like as in a religious belief no. but as in like philosophical beliefs and like mm. is like we had it, we tried using it a bit in our one where it was like um, for example Car uh, Chloe's character uh, knowledge over over anything like mm -hmm. if there mm -hmm. is knowledge to be gained that is important more than anything. And so the point would be that if they found themselves in a situation, they chose knowledge, and it's not a great thought because if they chose knowledge over their friends, yeah. they are still life. going with their yeah. belief. Mm -hmm. But it might be, so it kind of puts it in the forefront of your character's minds, yeah. this sort mm -hmm. of idea of like what you hold true to yourself, mm -hmm. good or bad, and if you stick to it or not, and how that kind of affects your player. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting. It's a really interesting system. I think, you know what, well, again, because we spoke about it before in other um, uh, episodes on our, our sibling podcast, this idea mm. of like optional rules. So, like, for example, in Theros, Mystic Obstacles of Theros, you have Piety. In Strixhaven, mm. you obviously have a, um, uh, like a, a, the yes. report card. In uh, Ravnica, Guilds of Ravnica, you have the Renowned. So maybe yeah. they'll have something similar, the Planescape, whether it's like an optional, like, oh, you can gain. I presume, like again, like factions. will be like I mean, I, factions have you renown. You have renown in factions yeah, but, in, in but, the original one. But maybe they do bring this look at like this belief, belief thing again. Yeah, 
That'd because cool. I think it would be they really as I said get into the this is all about alignment it's yeah. like this is the definition of what alignment is and so that's why I think Planescape has to become this mm. very much about what are your philosophies what are your characters beliefs mm -hmm. in like in reality do they believe that law is more important than chaos like let's really deep delve into what those because those yeah are you neutral evil and all that stuff is not necessarily as important as mm -hmm. Do you believe this over this or do you take that yes. thought than that because believing in knowledge over everything can be altruistic and good but also and as we've, but evil. it also oh. can be evil and demonic and yeah. so mm. it's um that's what's more interesting yeah. i think yes. it'll be interesting again because obviously we need to break away from and this is definitely an, uh, an episode for another time this i obviously yes. and we spoke about it this evil or, or uh, alignments being tied to uh, lineage and race if it's tied mm. to planes which then impacts so that your environment yeah. impacts on you that's uh, less problematic yeah. uh, and that's well I even actually... just think it just I, I've always seen alignment I just don't think any race should have an alignment to it I think it should just be the alignment yeah. should just come purely from this thing which is yeah. like how do you see your character and how do they interact with the world and making it more esoteric uh, and more mm -hmm. and more nuanced through Planescape, which I think they could do. I think they could do could that, Could be really yeah. interesting. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, okay. Oh. So we'll get to the fourth mount. <laughs> let's get to the, let's get to Kragath, right? Kragath? Yeah, Krangath. Krangath. Apologies. Yes, I know, I was. I jumped ahead. Uh, so it's like Krangath, the dead furnace. Yes, oh. it is. It is, uh, oh, you know, it's a black stone attests to its all-pervasive influence. It's dead and has been dead for a long time. The entire layer swims in a void of... of oblivious silence, silence. Oh, the only noise is the sound thing. of feet scrabbling over the darkened icy stone and the only smell native to the lair is the faint reek of brimstone in the ice it's oh. cold and causes 1d6 points of damage per round <laughs> uh, the wind barely blows um, it, yeah, it's it only blows when stale. a portal opens into it yeah. so that idea again of it yeah. silence compared to all the noise and all the light and yeah. stuff before which is dangerous and now yeah. nothing you just hear this you just did nothing and then you just hear <sighs> scrabble 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 mm -mm -mm -mm. it's like it's like two ends oh Yes, but then there's the, some foley. There's some foley. They'll put that in. Free foley. I'll get, I'll get out um, the, uh, the coconut. Get the coconut yeah. um, shells out. That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, um, but there's there's but a place, the horses. There's, it's great. Uh, there's a, there's a place. Yeah, the night below. This mm. realm. This idea of like again, the little bio says mm. cold scheming and hatred of life form two basic precepts of existence, uh, and uh, a god here, the orcish god of stealth. Uh, Sharazes? Is that Sharazes? Again. Shargas. There you go. I knew I said it wrong. I, I think I've actually got it typoed wrong in my notes, but yes. Um, this idea of a series of caverns extending off into infinity. And mm. the only light that illuminates, it illuminates five foot. It doesn't go beyond that. So it feels very much like if you've played games like uh, Amnesia, The Dark Descent, all that sort of thing. It's just, mm. oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and it's and and it says uh, earlier in the book about the minute you this is the sort of place where if you where light is and dares to be turned off, it, you know, like any you know you don't. It's not. It's even worse than pandemonium, where light is very much will attract things you don't want to attract. This is just like light just 
will breathe life that you don't want to breathe into the world. It's kind of like, Ooh. it's not fun. <laughs> it just sounds like awful. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like it. But <laughs> uh, four diff very different layers, four different environments, but, but all yeah. connected in some way. And I just, mm. I felt like, again, I know it's been a little while since you and I have read uh, and done this particular podcast. I know obviously we're doing it as it comes out. Mm. It, lo it looks seamless, I know. But I was like, ooh, this is, this is really interesting and like i said before I, it is the smallest in quotation marks planes even though each one of these mountains these these volcanoes are thousands of miles wide and stuff and you can have stuff on the top and the bottom of each ones it's like that sort of kind of like almost reverse gravity as well just like there's so much here for what you we would assume as like oh the fiery one but you can oh they can play with it there's so many different assets and aspects of it that I, instantly it was like this interests me quite a bit uh, maybe compared to other planes, which feels like maybe one note in a, in a way. But mm. yeah. I know I, I agree. There's because we've talked about it, and there's so many different like parts to it that all have a different sort of structure. Like at the last one, a lot of it is all cavernous, and so it mm. has these. It has four very distinct. I mean, one and two are similar, but two. I think one is like the first plane and just gives you a hint of everything. Yeah. And then the next three planes really have a distinct character. Yeah, it goes off into different directions. Extremes yeah. of each version. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they I, I that sort of idea of that because the pandemonium caverns are very much like loud and always loud and nothing is silent. Mm -hmm. But this silent darkness is just horror. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like it's that proper is the space alien haunted time. house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Space yeah, alien planet. Hundred mm, percent scary. So, so yeah. So that's the geography of the place. Can I just uh, mention another yeah. place of note, um, oh, yeah. which I believe is in the first layer, but I'm not so sure. I want to talk about Fo Ling Po, this oh, yes. uh, the city of ghosts, essentially, uh, surrounded mm. by hot mist, cast up by one of the attributes of the stick. So I do think it is on the first thing. The reason I want to mention it again, it feels like a bit like a ghost town, and again, definitely some dated language about it. But it has this idea that the natives who live there. They don't really speak, they don't say anything to anyone, but they, their tattoos on their body sort of speak their actions, their words, their livelihoods, essentially. Mm. Uh, life story tattooed on their bodies and they grow and change with each passing day, reflecting the deeds and thoughts of the soul wearing them. And I decided this idea that they're outwardly passionless, almost like dead walking about but then they have a whole story put on their on their bodies and i i, I know this must be taken from some sort of maybe uh, maui or some sort of um uh, some sort of culture which does that sort of thing so i appreciate there must be some uh, cultural appropriation there but i guess there's for me there's this idea that you can use your tattoos in a fight. And so when you rise up against, the town will rise up almost like without a word against the threat. And then if needed, they can, um, you know, they're, they're, again, martial artists, again, taking from that, uh, the, the Chinese sort of history there, so maybe again, a bit problematic, but it talks about they can animate their tattoos and send these images forth to do the fighting for them. But if the, if the image, if the tattoo dies, so does the memories associated with that image so you could lose everything about yourself similar to that stick stuff as well just by bit by bit you lose that little bit of memory until you become a less person and i just thought for me again just taking it out of that maybe cultural stuff and again maybe i would need to do a lot more research on that but i just thought what an interesting idea that you have is that um to take it into a different context there's this tiktok going around just now which i appreciate it takes it takes a minute where it's like oh the uh, your tattoo on your arm is your weapon in battle and they show and it's like flowers or a heart or something like that and i was just like 
yeah, like, could you imagine like anything that your body was covered in, it becomes a weapon of some sort. And so you could have anything you want, but you maybe don't tell your players that. Because this is the other thing, is that if your players go there and stay there for a long time, they start to get uh, images yeah, on their bodies. Oh, just, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I feel like it's a really good idea, but I'm, again, maybe needs to be a bit more more read into it for myself as yeah. well, but also just to yeah. make it sure that it's, it's a culturally sensitive, perhaps. But I just thought mm. it was an interesting idea. No, it is. And actually, that reminds me, there was one of the plays I want to talk about, which isn't in the book, Ooh, but yes. in another book, in a later book, and it appears in Manual of the Plains from 2001. Perfect. Well, go for it. Yes, which is the Crawling City. Oh. The place that I really want to take my players to. I think it sounds... It is a massive citadel. There's a picture of it, which hopefully we can get up now, which is a huge, uh, you know, towering sort of like mountain town of sort of Byzantine sort of architecture on hundreds of massive legs that crawls up all the layers. They are immune to snow and fire equally, and they crawl over all the layers. Mm -hmm. And this city is the home to the general of Gehenna, yes. the mightiest Ugoloth and the leader of the Ugoloth race. And it is, but it is a city of, of like deception and manipulation and uh, just like the sort of like everything is, everyone is out against everyone else for for battling for sort of like power and supremacy, but not with might, with just machinations, and mm. it's just Machiavellian to the point of that's what I see it as like the Borgias. It's like yes. it, yeah, yeah, it's that turned up to a billion. Yeah, and so um, I kind of think that's a very interesting place. It's, 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 it's not in this book, but it is in a later one. Yeah, uh, but it is a very cool. I, it, when you sent me the image, it feels very much like a mixture. If, if anyone's read Mortal Engines, but also mm. Terry Pratchett, the chest with the legs as well. Oh uh, yeah, L less funny, <laughs> more scary. Um, yes. But yeah, just Definitely. I can imagine it just going at such a speed. Because if, again, if you've seen the Mortal Engines trailer. Um, where yeah. the, it just goes and goes and goes and eats smaller cities and stuff. And I just yeah. imagine your party trying to run away from this horrible thing just coming. Oh, mm, I did start mm. watching that movie. I must mm. admit, I got to the point where London turned up and I was like, oh, That's it. Yeah, I think I, the books are better. Um, are they? Yeah. Who were they written by? Oh, no, I have no idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, some, some, some person. Uh, some British. Some person. Some British author. A British person, was it? I, okay. I, Oh, I've made a big assumption now. <laughs> but I, I think that, that, again, just see the trailer because it, it looks cool from the trailer and then yeah. yeah, then it sort of descends into a little bit of silliness. So Yeah, it did a little bit. But I'm sure it, I'm sure it's great. I'm sure people love it. Fantastic. <laughs> the so then so then the people, the population. Population? Yeah. Population. 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 So the population of, uh, we've mentioned them a few times, the Ugoloths. <gasps> now the Ugoloths mm. are the main, there's obviously, we've talked about some powers, we've mentioned them. Uh, there are some proxies of said powers. Mm -hmm. uh, so Levita was one of the powers we mentioned, um, as well as uh, a dire lich lord. Uh, yes. You know, it's all, all the, the like, great there's, people. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this name wrong, because they were, they were in Carcere as well. Is it the Gethaleths? Gethaleths? The, um, yes. So there's a pair of proxies for Sung Chang, Rock and mm. Small, uh, which yeah. I just, in my head, it's like pe uh, pain and panic. Because uh, yeah. yeah. basically this, this, these creatures that live at the tip of Drop Palace mm. that you could interact with as proxies uh, for yeah. Sung Chang. And I was just like, really, I thought they, yeah. those were quite an interesting one. No, that's true. Yeah, there, there, there are some. That, yeah, exactly. And uh, some of them, uh, it, it made an interesting note here, which is that 
Um, because obviously uh, the the petitioners, the people that come to these places, the planes are you know it's after they're dead. This is where mm. they end up, right? Mm. And you go there. Uh, Carceri people are put there uh, uh, because they've been bad and they've been banished there. Sort yeah, of it's a punishment. Whilst yeah. people come to this plane because they want to end up here. Do you know what I mean? Like this is where they have hope to come. So that's kind of trying to tell you something about the evil of them. And I think that's kind of I- I- interesting. Of like they 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 are they, these people are the, the they are. It says the petitioner can are the the, uh, the refuse of the planes, or so it said. Oh. They're greedy and grasping, caring only for themselves. They perform no services or favors without some sort of immediate recompense. Immediate is the important part there. Mm-hmm. It's not like devils who will wait. Mm-hmm. You know, they will make a deal with you and they will wait mm-hmm. and then strike at the time is right. They just mm-hmm. want something now, now, now. And uh, and uh, because precious little in the way of values exists on Gehenna. Uh, at least not the petitioners, they're also mighty suspicious and they won't render any help without yeah. demonstration of a body's ability to pay. Yeah. So, um, but they are willful. And it's just, I think it's kind of interesting. They, they will they will go through this, you know, living here as an, as an exercise in will, as Free it says. Will. So, yeah. you know, and that's kind of the point. But I think it's an interesting, it kind of really puts the the plane in it on its on a plate there really i, I think uh, it'd be cool to have if you were doing like a one shot or an adventure to compare carceri and gehenna mm-hmm. like one after another and see what else you can get out there because i think that's the yeah. that's the thing for me is just like oh because yeah there's such a small difference that mm-hmm. idea of motivation and stuff and it's but it's very mm-hmm. i think for me well, because in carceri, they're resigned to it and it's mm-hmm. a resignation of being in this place whilst this is like I no. chose to be here. Yeah, I chose to be here yeah. and I want to prove why I'm here yeah. and I'm going to prove through, but I want everything and I want to gain everything. Mm-hmm. And that sort of greed is what like emanates as well in that crawling city. So mm-hmm. um, so then the Yugolos, now the masters of the bluff. And again, it's just the really, the deception is just yeah. the key to it because it's, mm-hmm. they have a, a structure as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, they're meant to, they're meant to, they're born of the gray waste, which is the ultimate evil, like neutral evil, evil, evil evil uh, center of that <laughs> axis um, but they left there because that's the sort of blood wars central point so they yes. came here to sort of set mm-hmm. up camp and um, they do they hide and there's an interesting thing it says here which is that you guys thought to be the most evil creatures you have having been spawned there um, uh, but it seemed but then yeah, oh, yes. might this e- th- might not this evil hide something noble and grand? Yes. Is it it has been noticed by some of the greatest philosophers that the greater a being's sagacity, the greater the mask it must project to conceal it. Yes. And so you know, uh, if the Yugos project a mask of utter evil, project what profound depths, depths must they hide? And I think the Arcanalos provide yeah. that because they have this tower of knowledge and so Mm-hmm. Is this? I think. A, I think that just is like a morsel for DMs. For like, they may be ultimately evil, but what is behind that? Because why yeah. are they so evil, and what are they looking for, and what have they accumulated with all that greed that they've? So like, what is the? And they sort of hold sway over the blood war and the sort of because because it's like because it's compared to say chaotic evil, which does it mm. for chaos sake for supply. Yeah, here they they choose to do it because it's that that neutral the mm. planes of conflict. So that yeah, you, you're not doing it because ah oh, I just felt like it. It is like mm. it's planned in some way. So that that's chilling, absolutely chilling. Yeah, and it's not like the devils which are just looking for power. 
Mm-hmm. It's not about necessarily just power because as we go through the, like, we run through the, this quickly because I know this is becoming a, a long episode because there's a lot to be said mm-hmm. and it shows how intri- like, much we like it. But the Yugolos basically, in simplest terms, there are lesser and higher, greater ones and there are a lot of stages in between. Yeah. But the first sort of stages are all about learning that actually the, the lower the Yugolos, mm-hmm. the stronger and more powerful you technically are in mm-hmm. terms of brute strength. But what you learn is that by giving up that brute strength, you gain intellect. Mm. And then you once you gain intellect, it's then you it's like about then you gain power through that. Like you just start to gain power because you have control. And it's about proof telling them that you are stronger if you're higher up. And it's about manipulation. And then you start learning that having less power gains you more knowledge and gains you less yeah. strength. And then you have to finally get beyond the point of like there's a point where you have a lot of power over loads of Yugoloths and it yeah. says people a lot of people don't get above this point because they've got so much power and it's a great point to be at because mm-hmm. you're not really like at risk because mm-hmm. you've got a lot of control but then it's saying the people once they start to realize that the control isn't everything and having power over them people isn't everything it's mm-hmm. actually knowledge and accumulating knowledge of everyone else that is mm-hmm. more powerful and like understanding your enemy is yeah. more important and that's when you rise up to the next level and then it gets further and further and it's all very much like thought based it's, it's very interesting really. it's, it, it's we've not had anything like that because the only thing I've compared it to myself is obviously as I said earlier this, the Modrons and how that is just forced upon them when one of the higher ups dies another one mm. takes its place and, another, and, it, and it goes through that horrific transformation here it feels very much like a job interview which you could yeah. die from and then when oh, you get yes. it there's a whole ritual which I won't go into too much to hear like no. you said but it is it was gruesome to read and again it's that sort of thing going as a DM do I need to know this uh, because I again I would love to be like you, you. I don't know you accidentally come here you help mm. her one of the lower uh, offs and they and they get higher and they change and yeah, so I think there's there's something really interesting about it, and I will say for this, it was very short. Their descriptions of each rank, as it were, which it's I was very grateful. I really recommend people to find that yeah, and just read it. Really it's such an interesting way of running it. I like. It's like uh, looking at one here. So the least of the greater Yugoloths of the Nikoloths. So these observers, reporters and scouts on the fields of the Blood Rule mm. report to the Arcanoloths who are above them, who record all these observations and plan mm. the strategies of the Yugoloths for the next stage of the war. The Nikoloths hold very fairly low status because they have yet to learn how to make this information work for them. When they begin to understand how to wield information and knowledge to their own ends, they are then ready to become Archelos. So it's that they mm-hmm. they learn to uh, that there is a need to accumulate knowledge, mm-hmm. but it's until they realise how that knowledge can work for them the that they then get mm-hmm. to to ascend. And it's kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of it's a really uh, again. I'm just I'm going on about it a lot, but it's it's a really I think, interesting. I think they make one of the most interesting villains or in, interesting mm. play in your uh, campaigns. And like I said, mm. I've I've experienced I've experienced one in my mm. level twenty campaign, and it was such a for me as such a a brain sort of exploding moment when we realised all the things. And I we only got a sliver of it. And yes, this this was very interesting for me. Yeah. So, yeah. And beyond that, there's not much else. There are no factions that exist here. It's not really a great place to be. Yep. It says the sign of one are probably the only ones because of the will, but mm-hmm. then is this the will they really want? Uh, they don't really like the evil. Um, uh, there are Bargests, uh, are quite famous. Uh, Bargests, uh, famously known, uh, got, it comes up in the Drizzt novels. There's a Bargest in that, which 
is an evil, evil creature, does a lot of really ruins. So when uh, it's in exile, I think it's the one where um, Drizzt finally emerges from the under Underdark mm. and he starts to engage with people. And obviously people, you know, in the book, they, uh, people are feared of the sort of, of these, of the sort of, um, of the of dark elves of, of drow and, and yeah the drow because of yeah. just like stories and stuff like that and but and so he's trying to like interface with this farmer uh, family and then a barges comes along and basically just ruins it all for 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 him and everyone starts to blame and then people mm. start, there's a whole like it's a, a really but it's the barges it's just this evil creature that's just being nasty and just saying all mm. being really annoying and screwing it all up for Drizzy. he's trying to be a nice person uh, like you know try and do good for people and it's like so you uh, it's a but it kind of explains it and obviously mentions Gehenna in the book so I, I, mm. I remember it from that but um, that was my first encounter with it but then there's uh, stuff then, like there's stuff like nightmares there's horrible yes. horses with fangs going there's stuff cool, cool horses fire horses fire horses uh, your your rapid dash turned up to goth. Um, yeah, you, exactly. You've got, yeah. You've got bone it's a goth spheres. unicorn. It is a goth unicorn, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you've got bone spheres. You've got hook spiders, which sounds scary. Mm. Uh, but then yeah. you had and you had these things that you mentioned a little bit before. That I'm going to say this wrong. Is it the slathrath? Slathraths. I can't. Mm. I know you said it too quick. But this idea of just flying worms in space. That you, the idea that you could be looking out into the void and suddenly you were like. Oh, something seems to be hunting. Oh, it's too late. It's already got you. It's dead. Yeah. And you're just like, oh. <laughs> that's me just uh, going, ooh. That's me all the time in this place. I uh, just want to say some horrible things. But yeah, so you've got a lot of nasty, nasty creatures yeah. uh, around yeah. for, for random because including like the Tanari and the uh, Batezu oh, as yeah, well. Oh, there are, yeah, there are, yeah, Tanari and Batezu around Batezu here. Batezu well, even, the yeah. war does fall on this plane as, yeah. it, as it does in any um, and the Ugloss as well and that point was saying about um, managing the war they there's a there's a general at the head of of the Ugloss and they are basically the, the, the they are in charge of who wins the war they basically put their forces one side or the other depending on how they want the war to work so when they say like what are they hiding well they are in control of the fundamental balance of evil mm -hmm. in the whole of the multiverse so mm -hmm. they know they gotta know shit because they know they obviously i bet they know everything about all the lords of hell mm -hmm. and they probably know everything about all the demon lords i mean like anything you want if, if you that's i mean if you wanted a campaign hook mm -hmm. if there's a devil on the back of one of your characters mm -hmm. like who do you go to to ask for help no other than the the the, the Ugloss in your best bet because yeah. you could either go to another devil but you're only going to get yourself in more trouble demons are not going to be anyone you could be able to deal with but you might you might just find the right time right person to help you if you can if you can make it work for them do you know what I mean yeah. if you can make it work for them then it might work for you as well. Definitely. I feel like Gehenna itself, maybe compared to maybe some of the other planes, is definitely more of a political intrigue one. Yeah. I think, and that's the, that's the key thing about it, to think about it yeah. in that sense, because you can just, yeah. there's so much more to it. Shall we finally then move on to yes. magical conditions? And then, yeah, magical conditions, and then and then there's not many, so it's yeah, quite easy. Yeah, it's very quick, yeah. And I think that's the key thing when we're getting into these ones. This is why I feel this, the politics of, it, I don't know, there's something about the, 
play into conflict that are just it's, it feels yeah. more straight, straightforward and stuff but yes the magical conditions as as usual the divination and conjuration spells some spells go under a few changes as well they can only draw uh creatures native to that plane and of course mm -hmm. they might not be very happy and you'll have to do various saves to make sure yeah. you've got control of them um Enchantment and charming is a little strange. There's no, it, mm. it says there's no charm to Gehenna, which makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just basically the idea that anything level four or above doesn't work, and then any spells like that will function one spell lower, so it's really hard to use. Mm. Fair enough. Um, invocation and evocation, uh, they act at like one level higher, okay? Mm -hmm. And then necromancy, spells of pain work much better. Huh? And then, mm. like, so damage is like a plus one, whilst healing yeah. is a minus one uh, on, on dice rolls. Classic. Yeah, lower planes, eh? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, elementals, the schools of uh, fire and earth, are more effective here uh, and on certain planes, and then other ones will be effective on other planes as well. So, again, just cool bits of flavor, perhaps, and so maybe something to keep in mind. Again, obviously, you know, in your own games, you can do whatever you want, but I just thought it'd be cool to. One thing we did maybe discussed a little bit is that whether or not we would have optional rules or suggestions for this stuff coming in Planescape because there wasn't so much in Spelljammer when we looked at it compared to old Spelljammer. Uh, so, mm. oh, I say old Spelljammer. I do. Spelljammer's uh, I second think edition. Gonna, I think, you know, new D&D, new D&D, current D&D is very much rules lighter. Mm -hmm. And so... I don't know if this will come into it. I think maybe there might be a simplified system. Mm. I think if there isn't, I think it would be. I think they could, it might be like. I just, I just a generic I just, evil planes, good planes, conflict planes have I, these conditions. These conditions, yeah. I think that's because I just and feel then, like I just yeah. feel. I and then element B. They like the other place says in battle where it says DMs, figure out for yourself. You know, yeah. you know what elements are going to work well where it's fire, and you know what one's going to work bad when it's not fire. I just, know. I just for me, because I, and I, and I know it's been. There's a place where we went to in our campaign where magic, uh, well, it was something magic. Just if you rolled too high or too low, it would go off, and it would, mm. you would lose that spell slot, and you get damaged to yourself, and you couldn't, we couldn't do ritual spells or that sort of thing, and it completely changed how we operated because mm. we relied on spell casting quite a bit, and it was suddenly like magic items, we didn't know how they work and all that sort of thing. So I was like, that changed so much and for me as a player i was like oh, what can we do and it didn't feel like a, a negative thing it felt mm. like we can have to play around with this and so that's what i think i want it to be something we can play around with not as a you have to do this because it's playing but just just so that people aren't relying on like big builds and stuff if they're relying all on spellcasting and suddenly spellcasting goes well they're gonna have to maybe use other members of the party that aren't reliant on spellcasting in some different ways and like how do they figure out problems when they don't have access to their resources so that that's the only thing for me i, like, I want to see more yeah. magical conditions maybe said simplified in a way that we could maybe have a basic template for certain planes perhaps um yeah. rather than going into maybe the integrity but i just thought what a what, uh, yeah what a cool concept this idea that magical conditions and not all the planes are affected in some way because of their uh, alignment just I, yeah I think I'm going to definitely yeah. keep that if it doesn't come up no I think that's true and I think I think the if you again I, I can't I don't think we've recommended any more <laughs> can we these books are really good for if you want to dive deep and this is what I mentioned on our Spelljammer show which is like I was hoping which would come from them bringing out Spelljammer and Planescapers that they would start bringing out content for those as part of their yearly schedule so like here is the Spelljammer adventure for this year or something like that uh, on top of the D&D &D generic general D&D &D ones and so uh, you know maybe they might do that but then again we have these books already and we have the community 
Uh, and maybe we don't need to do that as they used to because mm. we have the internet now when they didn't then. But yeah. this is, um, yeah, I think mm. it's very, yeah, I think they're fun. Yeah, but that is, I think that is it, really, isn't it? Well, one, yeah. I almost like one last thing. Also, also, oh. I wanted to talk about the optional rule that Five E. Oh, of course, yes. Of course, I know we always end on it, so it's fine. So their optional rule in the DM's guide is cruel hindrance. The plane's cruel nature makes it difficult for visitors to help one another. But that means whenever a, ca a visitor casts a spell with a beneficial effect, including a spell that restores hit points or removes a condition, they must make a DC 10 charisma saving throw. On a failed save, that spell fails, the spell slot is expended, and the action is wasted. Now, obviously, that's made for combat. But mm. I like the idea that, again, that role play thing, that little bit mm. of like a flaw comes in, perhaps after mm. you, 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 yeah, again, a, a DC 10 charisma saving throw, that's quite low. Um, but this idea that if you lose that you become a little bit more bitter, that you you want something, etc. And mm. this idea that you, uh, I don't know how often people use the help action, but you don't use it, and so that people can't I was get advantage. Say you can't use the help action, yeah. and like you can't give advantage to someone yeah. on any saving throw, like or maybe like guidance doesn't work. Yeah, any bless guidance, um, bless, yeah. and, uh, even like healing mm. word, all that sort of thing. Um, I yeah, I, just, cool. I think, yeah, so I feel obviously here it's like, oh, with a beneficial effect, I just think anything like that. But maybe you could go into that whole like, idea that damaging effects are mm. higher, uh, but yeah. they have to be, I don't know, selfish or something. I don't know, I don't know. Mm. But I just thought, yeah. hmm, interesting. And I thought cruel hindrance is such a great, like, it's, I feel that's, that yeah. really puts it as like Gehenna, cruel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, but yeah. Well then that is then it. So Fiona, you'll be taking us on a journey. Now we've we've we, we we're gonna just leave these fiery planes Ooh, behind it's us. Too hot here, yeah. And I think we're gonna go on a nice relaxing holiday, aren't we? Yes. We're going somewhere really nice, aren't we? Yes, yeah, so next time folks we are going to Elysium, the untarnished good, uh, home to creatures of unfettered kindness and compassion and a welcome mm. refuge for planar travellers seeking a safe home. And so after cruel hindrance and terribleness we're we're going on a retreat guys yeah literally going on and then yeah and so that is it's gonna i i like elysium there's some really nice got some really great names thalasia i love that it's a place so, yeah, so sea of oceanus we're gonna go <gasps> bathe in the waters of oceanus Yay. oh well I'm, yeah, i'll, I'll so pack my swimming nice. trunks so that'll be yeah. nice i but, don't know if this is going to be similar to when we went to mount celestial and i was like ah oh, this is like r and r and you're like oh so bloody boring <laughs> and, and it's going to be the same i'll be like ah oh, i was loving elysium it was so nice and chilled and, <laughs> and I, i'm just there with like i'm just like come on we need to we need to get quietitude <laughs> that sounds dull i'm like come on come on great waste great waste yes but but until next Next time you can subscribe yes. to our youtube channel and catch up mm -hmm. on previous episodes and vods of this and our sibling show the dms book club although uh, i'm sure there will be links everywhere around us um and yes and whoosh, whoosh, but uh stay safe maybe have some sun cream on uh, for those burns yeah. i don't know yeah I just don't exactly yeah put some after sun on after sun, and get yourself yeah. ready for some nice relax and relax uh, yeah. some rest and relaxation next mm -hmm. week yeah, yeah, brilliant. Bring your sunglasses. I'll be, I'll be... See you on the flip side of the planes. <laughs> See you on the flip side of the planes. Bye. Bye.